Please join me in prayer. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you this night. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I have to share a funny tidbit before I start, though. Um, I was talking with my daughter, Phoebe, who is three and a half, and she, before, and I was telling her, like, oh, you know, I can't finish and have dinner with you because I'm going to go preach tonight. Um, I have to go preach to some people. <laughs> and she said, she was like, okay. And then she was like, why can't they preach to themselves? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, well, we take turns, you know, we, we all, you know, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, it's a joy to be with you tonight. Um, and I love the electricity of a big crowd, says the extrovert. There is just something about the excitement of gathering with people who really love something and are excited to see it. The buzz of anticipation in the audience as the light dims and the overture begins for the musical or the raucous screams of energetic people at a concert. The camaraderie of fans whooping and hollering for their favorite team from the bleachers or the joy of setting out your lawn chair to save your place along the route for the annual parade. I just love all of that. When I put myself into the story this evening, I imagine the joy of bumping elbows with other people wildly excited to see Jesus. News traveled by word of mouth in those days, and there were crowds present at Jesus' most recent miracle where he raised a man from the dead who couldn't stop talking about him. The anticipation of welcoming this incredible rabbi, preacher, miracle worker, some even called out to him as the king of Israel. I imagine the electricity of waving sacred palm branches, blessing what they believed at the time to potentially be a force to finally overthrow Rome. I imagine the excitement of perhaps seeing a miracle for myself this very week at the Passover festival, knowing that a miracle worker was coming to town. There was so much electricity from the crowd's expectations and from their hopes. This procession of our humble shepherd king riding in on a young donkey stands in direct contrast to the procession happening on the other side of Jerusalem. It was the week of Passover, a time when thousands upon thousands of Jews flocked to Jerusalem to celebrate in the temple. As we know, Jerusalem was under Roman occupation, and Passover was often a time of year when Jewish rebels might try to lead a revolt on behalf of the Jewish people. Rome knew to bring in extra might to squash any such uprising. So on the other side of Jerusalem, <clears throat> as Jesus processes in with palms and a donkey, Pontius Pilate rides in a powerful white horse with additional military forces in all of their powerful splendor. What a pair. And the donkey is an interesting choice because it fulfills a scriptural prophecy, but it also stands in direct contrast to that war horse of the Roman victors. Jesus chooses a humble donkey used for labor, field work, hauling carts of items instead of a mighty white horse who carries chariots or single victors. Do you know how hard it is to keep a white horse white? <laughs> 
and not yellow (laughs) when you are surrounded by dusty roads and desert regions. Jesus' humble steed highlights that his victory will not be in overpowering or destruction, but will be in the slow, faithful work of resurrection, similar to the transformation that happens in growing fields, the sowing, the growing, the harvesting. Jesus represents a humble servant king. Corey Ten Boom, a Christian writer and faithful Jesus follower, was once asked if it were difficult for her to remain humble in her work, and her reply was simple. She shares, When Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a donkey, and everyone was waving palm branches and throwing garments onto the road and singing praises, do you think that for one moment it ever entered the head of that donkey that any of that was for him? <laughs> She continued, if I can be the donkey on which Jesus Christ rides in his glory, I give him all the praise and honor. The donkey which carries Jesus into Jerusalem is a faithful reminder to us that we are called to carry Jesus wherever we go. That if our faithful living can carry the love and acceptance of Jesus to others, we can celebrate indeed. Did the donkey imagine this procession was for him as he stepped over coats or palm branches? The Gospel of John is the only book to mention palm branches by name, and Matthew this evening just calls them branches. Palms were used for sacred moments in Jewish life at the time. They were carried in by people after the temple was reclaimed by the Jews and also used to cleanse the temple of pollutants. They were waved as fanfare for a king and printed into money by some rebel leaders. Palms were used in Jerusalem for sacred events, but they actually didn't grow in Jerusalem. They were likely brought in from surrounding regions. The palms that we've shared this morning aren't palms, but branches collected from our garden. Thank you to Beth, one of our co-gardeners. The crowds waved palms for a miracle worker, for an inspiring rabbi, for a Jewish revolutionary, for the next king of Israel. As they laid their palms and cloaks at his feet, they laid all of their expectations for what he would accomplish this week as well. Jesus has an awareness of what he is choosing to enter into when he climbs on that donkey and enters Jerusalem. He has a magnitude, he has an awareness of the magnitude of his call that God has asked him to take up. Shortly after he enters Jerusalem, he confesses that his soul is troubled, and he's even tempted to ask, Father, save me from this hour. But Jesus knows that what will transpire this week is God's will, and that Jesus is God's hope for humanity. We take up our palms once a year on Palm Sunday, but I'd like to invite us to consider the palms that we carry with us every day. The palms which get their name from the very spreading of the fingers on our hand. The palms of our hands are always with us, just like the joy, celebration, and knowledge that Jesus is king of God's kingdom, ruler of our lives, and our prince of peace is with us always. We wave our palm fronds on Palm Sunday, making Jesus' humble yet triumphant entrance into Jerusalem, but we carry this victorious spirit with us always. The palms of our hands are instruments of joy and celebration. 
Lisa had us clapping for God at the beginning of worship. We can clap in praise. We can cup our hands to amplify our voices, to hoop and holler. In American Sign Language, the sign for applause is raising our hands like this and waving them. We can open our hands in a posture of openness to receive humbly. If we look at the handiwork of others this Holy Week, we... Yeah, good one. Yes, good, good catch. <laughs> we will find dueling palm stories. This week, Pontius Pilate will wash his hands of any wrongdoing. This week, with his palms, Jesus will carry a whip into the temple and turn over tables of those taking advantage of others in God's house. This week, coins will be counted into Judas's hand. This week, with his palms, Jesus will break bread and pass the cup. This week, Jesus will use his palms to wash his disciples' feet. This week, Jesus will reattach the ear of a centurion guard that Peter has sliced off. This week, Roman guards will beat and whip Jesus. This week, Jesus' palms will be pierced for us. There are dueling narratives of what our palms can do in this world. Feed, wash, harm, maim, heal, love, welcome, sacrifice. With open palms, may we receive the loving, faithful hands of Jesus into our loving actions for the world. St. Teresa of Avila reminds us that Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. As disciples of Jesus, we carry this prayer in our hearts that every act is on behalf of Jesus in our world. Like the humble donkey carrying Jesus, not for his own purpose, but for the purpose of Jesus. In the same way, our palms are a way in which the world experiences the love of Christ. Christ has no palms now on earth, but yours. And that is something to celebrate. Christ knew that his purpose was not an earthly king who would sit on a throne for a season. Christ knew that he was empowering the crowds, empowering the disciples for something far greater than they could ever imagine. We have heard the stories of the week. Look for anticipation toward the faithful conclusion next Sunday But those crowds waving their palm fronds or placing their branches at Jesus' feet didn't know what awaited them. In many ways, it was more awful and more amazing than they could have ever imagined. The crowds went out to meet Jesus that day because they were in awe of the miracle worker rabbi, not knowing that he would be the savior of the world. They didn't know how the story would end, but they came with hope and faith. And so do we this week. Our psalm read earlier by Lisa as our call to worship is a beautiful psalm of pure praise. It reminds us to delight in the very blessing of having been created. It is God who made us, and we are God's own. We are God's people, the sheep of God's pasture. We do rejoice, and we do celebrate this day, because we are beloved by a faithful God. A faithful God who came to us in human form to not crush or destroy us, 
but to toil with us like the humble donkey. We celebrate God's faithfulness to us on this day, God's steadfast love that will culminate this week in the ultimate act of sacrificial love. We pause this day and celebrate the faithfulness of Jesus, who bravely rode to Jerusalem on a donkey, crowded by people who didn't understand their Messiah would be crucified. We wave our palm fronds in honor of the Prince of Peace. In the same way, Jesus continues to call us to the streets with our palms of praise and humble service. And we show up wherever Jesus calls us to be. And we come because we believe Jesus will show up in a certain way. And often Jesus surprises us with his grace, his love, and his gentle working on our hearts in ways we could not have even imagined. May we continue to show up to celebrate and stay being willing to let Jesus surprise us as he reveals more of his true self to us in each moment. May we be willing to open our palms in the ways modeled by Jesus, because we take these palms of Jesus wherever we go. Palms of service, palms of love, palms of celebration, palms of tender care, palms which make, which bake and garden and bless. And as we close, I'd like to offer a blessing for your palms, the work of your hands. You're invited, as I read, to open your palms, to look at them, to take them in. Hear these words of blessing. Blessed be the work of your hands, O Holy One. Blessed be these hands that have touched life. Blessed be these hands that have nurtured creativity. Blessed be these hands that have held pain. Blessed be these hands that have embraced with passion. Blessed be these hands that have tended gardens. Blessed be these hands that have closed in anger. Blessed be these hands that have planted new seeds. Blessed be these hands that have cleaned, washed, mopped, scrubbed. Blessed be these hands that are wrinkled and scarred from doing justice. Blessed be these hands that have reached out and been received. Blessed be these hands that hold the promise of the future. Blessed be the work of your hands, O Holy One. May it be so. Amen.